0: Let us pray. Father, we bless you and we thank you for this opportunity to come and eat at your table. We pray that you would fill us, feed us with your word, help us to digest your word and help us to walk in your word. I pray that you would use me and that you would speak to me and through me in this moment in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I need you to open your Bibles to James chapter 4. As we continue our study in the book of James, I'm going to read the first six verses of James. Spirit, help me teach. The Word of the Lord. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you have not. Because you ask not. And you ask and you receive not. Because you ask amiss. That you may consume it upon your own lust. You adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not. That the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resists the proud. God gives grace to the humble. Speak, Lord, speak. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about the worship war. The worship war. Somebody say it's all about your worship. This is a battle that you cannot afford to lose. There are some battles that you can lose and still win a war. But this is a battle you cannot afford to lose. Because this battle will cost you the war. What is the most intimate communion with God? What is it? What, what's the w- most intimate communion with God? Say it. It's Bible study. You don't go to Bible study. Five minutes of Bible study. What what is the most intimate communion with God? Nobody wants to say nothing. Y'all talk real loud every day again. Y'all get quiet when y'all know stuff, huh? Thank you. It's worship. Didn't I just tell you it's the worship war? This ain't the prayer war. This ain't the connected war. It's the worship war. The most intimate communion with God is worship. Now I'm surprised, I'm not going to mess with you for a little bit, I'm going to mess with you this whole message, you take your shoes off I'm welcome to step on your feet this morning and I don't want to mess up your shoes but if you've ever had a worship moment you know that that is the time you are most connected with heaven in order for that to happen you can't be there if you've ever had a real worship moment you were not there what was Lucifer in charge of what caused him to have a name change Lucifer who was beautiful and majestic pipes flowing through his body what what caused him to have the name changed from Lucifer to Satan it was pride but what was that pride what did he want he wanted God's worship he was in charge of bringing the worship before God but he wanted that worship pride said that worship is mine and so God changed his name I'm going somewhere who can worship God and how who say those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth hmm. now rocks can praise him breath can praise him let anything that everything that has breath can praise him rocks can praise him cuz they cry out creation can praise him But only those that worship have to worship in spirit and in truth. You don't praise in spirit and truth. Which could be why it's easier to praise Him than worship Him. Because you can praise in flesh and a lie. Oh. But worship cannot be attained Through lies and flesh If it is it's false worship See I could praise you One moment (laughs) And curse you the next But if I Worship you Worship make you do crazy things That's why God was so against false worship but he wasn't against false praise. When the woman was following after Paul and yelling out Jesus come on he he didn't mind false praise. It was the false worship that had an issue. He said, "If people are out there preaching for gain and for so," he said, "I'm not worrying about that. As long as the name of Jesus is being lifted up, he wasn't even worried about that. For he could deal with false praise." But God will not deal with false worship. Idol worship. Worship makes you do crazy things. If I, if I worship money, I'll do crazy stuff for money. If I worship a relationship, I, see, people who worship people in relationships kill a person because they worship it. I'm not, I my life, I ain't worshiping. I might like you, we get along, but I'm not going to jail, killing or doing anything because I ain't worshiping you. You ain't worth all that. Worship talks about worth. So, So it would make perfect sense why worship would be what Satan wants. What he attacks is what connects you most with God. He hates that connection. He don't mind you going to church. He don't mind you giving an offering. He don't mind you reading scripture. He don't mind you doing nothing. But if you ever start worshiping. Because worship will make you change your life. Worship will make you move different. Somebody said, now it's making sense. See, this is what, so, so watch this now, watch this, come with me, I'm going to set up, I'm about to be, I only got a couple of points, i will get you out of here, but it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty hard. So far we've seen James be consistent in his writing style, right? We, we see the consistency, he's, it's, James is a book about action, it's a book about seeing if you are really what you say you are. It's, it's a book where Christian has to put their boots on the ground. You, this ain't a talking thing. This is a doing. That's why this church ain't packed. Because we do. And a lot of churches that are about that doing, they don't get a lot of cooperation. Because it's hard. I just want you to preach to me, make me feel good and let me get me through my Tuesday or my afternoon till I come back. Don't get in my business. I, it ain't about, it ain't that serious, but this is a house that worships. And if God is creating a place of worship, he's coming after something. I'm always going after something. Somebody say he's after something. He's consistent with his writing style. Check this out. If we examine closely, we can see that all the tests that we as Christians face in James up to now are at the core and attack on our worship. All right. The temptation and the the temptation and the trial tests. Chapter one: The temptations coming. If if we don't pass these temptation and trials tests, then it is actually at the core we want. He wants us to fall and to crumble at our temptations and our trials. Because if we fall and we crumble at the temptations and trials, we can't worship. Because you're either gonna worship your flesh or you're gonna do what God said. Uh oh, the word test. It's a question of our worship. Are you going to believe the word? Are you going to walk according to the word? Are you going to honor the word? Or are you going to honor the partiality test? Who are you going to worship? The rich man? The position? The power? The favor you think you can get from somebody that's in a position? So who are you worshiping? Because if you worship God, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, black or white, Jew or Gentile. You treat everybody the same way. We've been in that Bible study. The people you think you don't need, treat them right. When I was homeless, sleeping on a bench, smoking out of crack pipe, ain't nobody think I was going to be a pastor. You treated me any old type of way, but now you need me to pray for you and you want me to help you. You ain't going to say nothing. What do you worship? Some of y'all false worshiping we talked about that because it looked like it's good, but it ain't good. You got tricked Catfished. Hey And then we start dealing with the faith test. Are you gonna walk by faith? And you are you gonna have that faith and not then you you're not worshiping God? Because we those who worship him must worship him in the spirit and the truth. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Then he talks about the tongue test. What are you gonna worship? What comes out of your mouth, your attitude, your nastiness? I we've been I've been teaching this class, so I'm watching everybody. I'm looking, I'm watching your words. And I'm saying, up! Oh, you ain't getting the test yet. You need to go back and read the scripture. You ain't go back and read the look at the sermon again because you're still talking crazy. It's all a matter of worship. And now James is going to bring this thought to a climax and how now he asks a question that he doesn't even want to answer to. Because he doesn't want you to miss it. You ever ask somebody a question and say, wait, wait, before you mess it up. See, I ask questions and want you to mess it up. Y'all scared to answer the questions I ask because you have no idea where I'm going. Keep you on your toes. But James asks us a question. He says, where do the wars and the fights come from? Where do they come from? They come from your own lust, that war in your members. And he says you lust and you have not, you kill. In other words, in the other translation says you murder. Somebody say Murder. Murder is a very strong word he says, you desire to have and you can't get it because you fight in war you have not because you ask not you ask you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your lust now let me teach this because I know from being in church for the three days that I've been saved um, that people have misinterpreted this scripture terribly terribly all kinds of ways Because when you read it, it's hard to grasp. It's hard to understand exactly what James is talking about. Because he says, where do the fights and the wars He's talking to Christians. He's talking to brothers. He's not talking to the outside. This is a faith test. This is a test about Christians and for Christians taken by Christians to be passed by Christians. And he says, where do the fights come from? He's he's asking, asking, where do they come from? Because it would be okay if the fights came from outside. Because we expect them to come from the world. We expect to have fights with the government. We have we expect to have fights with family members that don't want nothing to do with Jesus. We expect to have fights from unbelievers, from heathen, from what we expect to have fights, but we do not expect fights to go on in the church. He said they come from right here. Your members. And he ain't talking about your hands, your feet, your eyes and your members. He's talking about your members. (laughs) Let me help you. The members you got in your church. That's where the fights come from. He gives us the cause of the war. I'm going to give you three points. The cause, the condition, and the cure. The cause. He lets us know that the cause arise from within the body of believers. The lusts. That war in our members. All our members got this war going on with lusts. This Greek word for lust is taken from the root word hedonism. We talked about that in theology, hedonism. It is a practice of hedonism. The practice of hedonism says that I need to do whatever makes me feel good. It means that if it causes me pain, I don't want to deal with it. It, 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 It's the symptom, it's like a symptom of a disease through emotions and it reveals selfish goals. It's a cancer, it's a lust. It, it hides it, it sneaks up in corners and then it, it infects the whole body selfish goals lust envy and quarrels and fighting and lusting so he says it comes from your members he says you lust you, you you're trying to fulfill a desire in your own flesh you want you want to feel good and this is the problem with church because when you come to church somebody has painted the picture that when you come to church everybody saved, love jesus and gonna be smiling and happy and be nice to you the devil is a liar you gonna have some nasty people You got people in here that just came in the day of and day after and the day The night before whatever You ain't gonna say nothing And they were gonna treat you like oh, you, you ain't gonna say It's always the ones closest to you It's always the ones that you trying to do something for That's gonna break your heart That's gonna hurt your feelings That's gonna get on your never-lasting nerves I said never lasting, Cause they ain't never-lasting They never-lasting nerves They gonna get on that last nerve It's, it's lust because it's pride and it's going on in the church and you could be praising God and hallelujah slobbing on the floor messing up the carpet everything else and get up and look somebody right in their face and say negro if you don't you ain't gonna help me but it's going on right up in the church and next level is next level for a reason cause we got next level worship next level praise next level preaching and next to the level drama. Amen. He says, You murdered. Now, watch this. I, I, I'm going to help you. Is this the right one? Let me, yeah, let me, let me show you. The Bible says this. We believe in his name at 1st John three twenty three. if we believe in his name the son of Jesus Christ and love one another love one another now this hedonism is a problem I'm gonna help you to be able to identify it. if this is you then this is you An advantage of being willing to feel disappointment is that it enables us to come in touch with another hidden sin of the heart. Self-protection. An advantage of being willing to feel disappointment is that it enables us to come in touch with a hidden sin of the heart called self-protection. Watch this. Whenever we're disappointed, we naturally feel hurt. We naturally experience inner pain, right? Some people are so affected by it that the pool of pain builds up And they begin to drown in it. They they say to themselves, people are the source of my hurt. Stay away from them. Don't get too involved. They see non-involvement as the best way to avoid pain. If I don't, if I don't put myself in it, if I don't deal with it, if I don't get then I can't be hurt and I won't be disappointed. It's self-protection. But this attitude is a violation against the law of love. Listen to what Lawrence Crabb says. Uh, he's a Christian psychologist. I quote, deficient love is always central to our problems. Behind most of our problems is a failure to love others as we love ourselves. If we refuse to move toward someone in the spirit of love for fear they may disappoint us, then we are more interested in protecting ourselves from pain than we are in loving someone. And that is sin. Woo! Did you ever think self-protection was a sin? Watch this, watch this. It it really messes messes you up in marriage relationships, right? The example is this, a man who shouts angrily at his wife early in his marriage is setting up a self-protective system that says, if you disappoint me, there will be consequences. Because we don't like to feel pain, hedonism, I need self-protection. I need to feel good. If it doesn't make me feel good. And I told people, and and this is what I had to learn, that if I'm not challenged, I'm not growing. I learned somewhat to not complain so much about the people that God sends to me because I asked God to grow me. And you are the vessel he chose to do it. Ain't I getting better? I haven't cussed in a long time, you know. I haven't said I want to get out of here in a long time. Because I have learned to embrace my trial. self-protection so we have to be careful because that's what people say you know what I just want to come to church I don't really want to get in because you know if I get in something and I get my feelings hurting or or you know we jump in and out of ministries and different things because somebody hurt my feelings and now you ain't got to say nothing I brought my own amen watch this though watch this though he he said I want you to see this This going to really mess you up look at how the war for our worship affects our prayers Cause he says you ask and you don't get so that you can, cause you ask amiss, so that you can spend it on your own pleasures. This is the thing that always messed me up here. Cause I'm trying to figure out, okay, I can get where the wars come from. So picture it. The wars are coming from within the church. They're in the body is somebody's fighting and now I'm praying, you know, (laughs) but I'm not receiving what I'm praying for. Because I'm not asking right. Yeah. Listen. You know. The warning that he gives husbands. Where who my married men at. We know this scripture right. Where he tells us if we don't treat our wives right. What our prayers are hindered. God don't hear our prayers. That. Let me tell you this brothers. If you married or going to get married. When God sends you the right one. She is not to be married because she's fine. Though she is. She is to be married because she's favor. See, when sisters understand they're not flesh but favor, it'll change your whole attitude on how you deal. Because Whoever you give your favor to. See, I watch war movies, and they before they would go jousting, before they go to war, they would ask the woman for her favors. Y'all not going to say nothing. Yeah, all right, all right. Women of favor. But because if I violate my favor, God is saying, I don't even hear your prayers. Get that right. Get that right. Get that marriage relationship right, and then you come talk to me. See, just like that warning, he's saying our prayers as members are being hindered with our communication to the Father. Because uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get this so you so you so you can really understand it. Alright, so listen. All right, let me let me let me slow down, take your time. All right. When I'm praying, because I have a fight and a war going on. I'm not praying right. I'm beefing with Andrew. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you change Andrew. He know he ain't right. I pray that you help him to understand he ain't right. I need you to do this, Lord, so that I can serve you better. Because I don't like Andrew, but I need to like him, but he ain't right. So make him right, God. Fix him, Jesus. I need you to help him. You ain't getting nothing because the prayer ain't supposed to be about Andrew. The prayer is supposed to be Andrew is getting on my nerves, Lord. But I need you to help me. To show him love. Love. To be patient, to be kind, and to to speak nicely to him because he's my brother in Christ. And, Lord, I know you're working on my patience. And I thank you for working on my patience through my brother, Andrew. And I'm going, y'all ain't going to say nothing because y'all ain't praying like that. Now, I know, you know, it's all about me. That's why you ain't getting nothing. Because you keep praying for God to fix that. When you need to be praying God fix this. It's not about the other person. It's about you. And he said you asking wrong. So that you can spend it on your. Because you want to feel good. You want the prayer to be spent on you. So he says you adulterers and adulteresses I thought we were supposed to be nice with our speech somebody walk up to you you adulterer and adulteress don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity against God War, enmity is a strong word it's war hostile it's hostile against God so whoever wants to be a friend with the world is an enemy of God (laughs) oh Or do you think that the spirit says in vain, the spirit dwells in us, lust to envy. Now I'm going to break this down. I'm giving you the condition. We know the cause. The cause, say the cause cause. is me. me. There you go. Because you can't be helped until you take responsibility. The fights are coming from you. Do you know it takes two people to fight? That if you get in the ring and I don't swing, you look like a fool. But if you hit me and I don't swing back, then I look like a fool. I'm just saying It takes two people to argue. And if you're not affecting me, I don't even talk back to you. You 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 see my like Charlie Brown's teacher to me. <laughs> I'm going to give you the condition, the side effects. Now watch this. Y'all gonna get mad at me, sisters, but um, I'm going to tell you like it is. That word, adulterer, the male tense of this word, was put in these manuscripts. Come to theology class, you wouldn't learn this, but go back. Ask somebody that went through it. What would happen is whoever was transcribing the earlier text, this is about as the theological we're going to get, Whoever was grabbing the earlier text felt the need to put adulterer in because in the earlier text, only adulteresses was in the text, the female tense. But reading it and whatever jot would tittle, they figured, oh, maybe they left it out and they put it in. Okay? Follow me. It doesn't mean that the Bible is wrong. It just means there was a, and it's not going to change the theology of the Bible. Know that there are errors somewhat in scripture written, but if you study will not mess up your faith as the canon was put in that's a whole nother class, but just don't want you to get lost in that statement that I made because it is important because in the original text, it's only saying adulteresses. And do you want to know why anybody want to take a guess? I'm not going to give you a chance to take a guess. I'm going to tell you why, because He is not talking about the action of adultery. As we look at a married couple who sleeps outside of marriage. When he's using the word adulteresses, he's using it in the context of how he talked in the Old Testament to the children and the nation of Israel who were always going about whoring. They would come in and then they would be an adulterous nation. You understand? So when you talk about an adulteress, you're talking about somebody who is a whoring against his God. I'm going somewhere. And he couldn't use the male tense because God is male. I'm about to help you God God is he came in the form of a man he didn't come in the form of a woman it all mirrors something right he is our father he talks about it and he can be your father and mother but he is father God right okay and because we are the bride he calls us adulteresses because we are the female tense to his maleness that was good I could go on a whole nother class about this homosexual demon and squash that too. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. He took woman out of man. Not man out of man. Okay, I'm I'm leaving alone. Just want you to know. So it's adultery of the heart. And this is why he says, if you want to be a friend with the world, then you make yourself an enemy of God. Let me make it clear for you. If you want to handle the fight the way the world does, then don't ask God to fight the battle. Because as my friend, I fight for my friends. But if you're a friend with the world system, you're an enemy to my system. And this is why it's hard to get people to get along because you want to still operate in your flesh according to a world system. Which says if they do me wrong, I got to do them wrong. And until they do this, then I won't do that. And uh, I don't need you to say amen, but I'm coming after a demon. You either want to do it God's way or you want to do it the world's way. Now, I'm going to tell you what witchcraft is, I'm Pat. Thinking God is working for you when he's not. Because just because it's a good thing and you feel good and everything seems to be good doesn't mean it's God. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you like this. If it don't hurt, it ain't God. When God's coming after something, Andrew, it's going to hurt to do it God's way. It's going to hurt everything in your body. Everything in your flesh is going to say, knock them out. And God's going to say, say you sorry. Everything in your flesh is going to say, give them a piece of your mind. Even though you ain't got a piece you can afford to give. But go ahead and just let them know how you feel. Nobody cares how you feel. I'm not happy in this church. He ain't never said you got to be happy. Up in the, I ain't happy in this church. He ain't tell us to be happy. It's sacrifice. It's work. It's a dying to the flesh. It's a it's a daily process. It's, it's a, y'all better. I'm tired. We we not. This ain't the age where we can have this pity bad little church crap going on. Where we got people in the streets dying, and then we fighting up in here. You might as well be blood or crap. Make me preach this thing, and I will come down your lane. You either want it God's way or the world's way. That's why God puts leaders over your life. Let me help you, church. If I give you direction and you don't follow it, it could be detrimental to your life. And I got to know that what I'm telling you, because I have to give an account to how I lead God's people. I can't tell you to do something I won't do. Amen. I don't care how you feel. Your babies care how, how you feel, baby. Is it good? Good, good. Let me give you a biggie. Let me give you a passport. Let me change your diaper. Let me and I don't care. You grown. Amen. Humble yourself. Yes. Right. Do what you're told. And you will get blessed because you're obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You ain't the leader. I don't feel like doing it. He trying to control. It ain't about control. I don't want to be control. You out of control. That's why you need control. work out our marriage we got a good marriage right we got a good home our kids in school everything they got they on drama they gonna face we know we're gonna get kid drama they ain't perfect but we to thank god we know who to go to our money right on too ain't it we got we ain't rich but our money is right so you ain't gonna say nothing i'm trying to help you i don't need to be, listen i'm trying to help you and i'm tired of fighting wars up in the, i fought enough wars on kids in the street To come up in the church and have to deal with fights. Because I am delivered. But every now and again. That thing will rise up. And then he says, do you think that the scripture says in vain that the spirit, watch what he says, the spirit, the spirit of who? Not your spirit, the spirit of God lusts. Now, I just told you what lust means, but lust can mean good too, right? Lust, I can lust for the wrong thing, but if I lust for the right thing, that's a good thing. And what does the spirit lust for? The spirit lusts for communion with his father. The spirit lusts to do the will of him who sent me. The spirit lusts. He says, my heart desires you like a deer panting after the the water brook. I'm trying to help you. You got to desire God's will more than you want your will. And so you are at a fight. You are at war. That's why the Bible says there's a war going on on the inside between flesh and spirit. The spirit wants to do good, but the flesh is always present. You got to know how to kill your flesh so that God can bless you by walking in the spirit. You don't apologize in the flesh. You apologize in the spirit. Everything got to be by the spirit. And then the fruit comes. And when I'm obedient, watch this, when I'm obedient to the spirit by the spirit, even though my flesh don't want to do it, my flesh then aligns itself up to the blessing that the spirit is trying to bring. So the fruit of the spirit can be developed. When I go into the flesh, then I'm always, I'm um, watch this, when I am in the flesh, I am operating under a curse. When I say I don't want to do what God wants and I allow the war to happen, I then open myself up to demonic forces and curses in my life. Yeah. 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 Somebody say, I, I can't afford that. That's why he talks about, he says, you know, that murder, you adulterous, you kill and you murder, you kill do you not know that you kill you when you're, when you're fighting, you're killing somebody. Now I ain't murder nobody, but when I'm at a fight with somebody, I done killed you in my mind. John eight talks about your father Satan. he was a murderer from the beginning. Right? So when I'm, when I'm fighting with you and I ain't got nothing to do with you, that's, that's them people that like, listen, I'll just cut you out. In other words, what they saying, you dead to me. There should never be a Christian that says to another Christian that you're dead to me. That's murder. And if you live by the sword, you die. You open yourself up to demonic activity. That's why there is an attack on your house. You can't afford an attack on your house. You gotta when when things start going crazy in my house, I start checking rooms. I start checking rooms. Not going up, walking in, looking through. I go in the spirit. And I start checking rooms. What is going on in my child's life? What is going on in my life that I have left a door open for the enemy to come in? Men, you are the gatekeeper. You are the gatekeeper. If you are a married man, if you have children, you are the gatekeeper. There can be no demonic activity coming through unless the watchman is not on the wall. So what is going on? It is a terrible thing. It is a, it is a terrible thing to be a man and have that operating in your life. It's selfish because what it says is I want to feel good and I don't care if my children get killed. You're not willing to die for nobody because you won't die to self. If I'm trying to protect me, honey, somebody at the door, they got a gun, go get the door. (laughs) What man going to see somebody, another man banging on their door and send their wife out there? And if they do and she make it, if you stay married to that fool. Okay, let me let me close it. Let me, I, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. Am I okay? Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Uh, okay, so that's 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 the condition. That's the side effects. You can't you can't get none. You take you align you. See, when your friendships are broken it allows bitterness he, he turns he turns to our friendships and it, if we allow this root to take it takes root and it takes it makes bitterness and then you got hatred that take root and when hatred takes root that's when you align yourself up to Satan's agenda so he said that's the side effects the side effects of what's going on in your life is because you haven't handled that see you haven't handled this so you can't handle that. You can't say you love me and don't love your brother and your sister. And what, What? how can I say I love you but I don't want to deal with you? That ain't love. Because love is patient, kind. Come on. Long-suffering, gentle, believes no wrong. If If love believes no wrong, then when you did me wrong, I don't even believe it's wrong. I'm trying to make it as clear as possible. That's why you got to get it off you. You got to you got to get rid of it. You got to throw it into the sea. You got to write it down. You know, people sending up balloons. Do whatever you got to do. I don't care what you do. Go to East Rock, drop it somewhere. I don't care what you got to do. Put it somewhere. Cause you know people bring stuff up. Well, you know, at four o'clock on. But let me give you the cure. But he gives more grace. But he gives more grace. There's a war going on. These are the conditions. But he gives more grace. Wherefore he says God resists the proud. I'm about to really drop something on you. But he gives grace to the humble. Listen. When we resist doing the will of God. He resists us. That grace is the door of opportunity. To get it right. He said there's a war. This is what's going on. But. I'm going to give you more grease (laughs) because I see you need a little bit more time. But I need you to know that I'm going to resist the pride, Because the only thing that's keeping you from walking through this door to restoration is your pride. And pride says I got to be right and you got to be wrong. So now you can't get nothing with God because you're resisting what God is telling you to do. Listen, I really don't care if you don't like me. But I can't afford for God not to like me. (laughs) Oh, I could get another you. I can't get another God. (laughs) 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 Can't do that. So while I got this door, somebody say, while the door's open, you better walk through it. You're talking about an open window. There's an open door. Your arms are too short to box with God. You're not going to win that fight. But this grace only comes to the humble. Somebody say, you got to humble yourself. You got to lower yourself. He'll lift you up. I know there's a war going on, but I'm going to humble myself. I'm not going to be the one that come out on the bottom of this situation. I cannot afford to lose this battle. Because if I don't humble myself, I can't worship. I just allowed the enemy to steal my worship. Because I won't humble myself. You can't humble. You can't worship unless you're humble. Because worship means I lower myself. Under somebody. That's over me. Without devaluing. Who I am. But I understand. That I can put you in a place. And get low. Because you being over me. Does not put me under. I'm preaching. Y'all missed it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't care what's going on in the body. You got to get it right before it's too late. Because you cannot afford for your worship to be tore up from the floor up. Your worship is too important. Your, your healing is in your worship. Your miracle is in your worship. Your breakthrough is in your worship everything you need is in a worship experience and if i allow how i feel about you or toward you to mess with my worship with the god who delivered me set me free brought me out delivered me from drugs healed my marriage healed my body the devil is alive i will come and apologize all day long and ask you to forgive me even if i didn't do nothing wrong why I need my worship to not be in vain. I need worship to not be in vain. I got to humble myself. I can't be so proud and so stuck up and so arrogant to think that I won't need the same grace that I extend to you. your neighbor say get it right get it right it ain't even worth losing sleep over get it right go ahead and do what you need to do so that you can continue and get your breakthrough that you can break through the ceiling that you are building over your heaven you are building a ceiling over your heaven and you need heaven to be open for you and your kids I refuse to let a devil touch my kids because I don't want to touch heaven I refuse God said don't even bring it here coming up here praying for this and for that and that ain't right get it right Now, as a pastoral declaration, and we're going to have communion, somebody say, you know you don't play right. I can't preach no more on this topic. Whatever's broken in this house, it needs to be fixed before we come back in here. If it ain't, I'm telling it all. Fix it. It is stunting our growth. And we're not dealing with babies. I don't have life to live to waste time. I didn't ask you how you feel. I didn't ask you if it's okay. I'm giving you directive. Be obedient. Period. As your spiritual father. Hate me the way you want to hate me. Get mad at me if you want to. Call me up. I ain't taking no messages. Do what you know. God, I ain't telling you to do nothing. God ain't told you to do. Shutting down our experience. I got to get up here, praise and worship, sweat, preach, pray, do everything. I almost cussed, but I ain't. Let's have communion. I feel that KSI spirit coming up. Now, let me say this, because I know some of y'all are real sensitive. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't say nothing. Because I'm going to tell you like this it ain't stopping our motion, we can move. I don't want to move without you. I care about you, but it's been too long. Fix it, cause it's just building up bricks. If you wonder and keep wondering, just pray. You ain't got to know. I tell you this: if it ain't fixed by next week, you'll know. All right. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread. I had an and he broke it. No he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. That's the humbleness of Christ. That's what he did. He was broken. And what worked back will work again. I know the yes, All eat in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody of me, I know it ain't just me, but these are the hardest things to I know the love is still We're going to find another carrier. But anyway same night he took the blood the cup and when he blessed it he said this is the cup of the new covenant the blood that was shed for us for the remission of sins all drink in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ hallelujah now i don't want to dismiss this service without asking is there anybody under the sound of our voice that does not know jesus as their Lord and Savior maybe you don't have a church home if you're online if you're watching we want you to just say this prayer father in the name of Jesus I am a sinner and I believe that Jesus Christ rose and died for my sins I pray that he will come into my heart and live his life in me thank you God for saving me if you said that prayer need you to find a bible believing church fellowship is the key to your success to walk this walk. and if you don't have a church home you can message us we'd love to have you father we bless you for everything that has been said and done in this place help us to hear you help us to hear you and to move so that we can move and grow in this place and in this season and we refuse to bring old stuff into our new year so father we thank you for the grace that you've given us in Jesus name amen grace and peace